Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whenever you're listening to us. I heard Hyven say it in a previous episode. Mrs. Hyven said it, so I'm going to continue it. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 12, recorded on February 23rd, 2019. Tonight's topic, we're looking at the first half of the Black Armory Papers. I am Elemist. This is Hyven. This is Mrs. Hyven. All right. Uh, as far as podcast news, it, we, we've got the usual. You know, we encourage feedback. Contact us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. We've got email guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. And leave us a review. But like, for real, guys, I get super bored during the day. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, same here. <laughs> but email. <laughs> I mean, they can tweet you. No, oh, yeah, yeah, I usually don't. I'll still answer. I've, I've referred to his to his Twitter. You can go find his co-host Twitter. I'm oh, usually yeah. not available during work hours, so right. he doesn't work a desk job like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! But for reals, for reals. So, uh, stuff you may have missed in Destiny this week. Iron Banner. I know I played a ton of that over the past three or four days. Yes, it was weird to see you on your hunter. I knew that you must have played a lot because you'd finished your other character. What was even weirder was I was actually on my warlock. <laughs> yeah. Like I, no love. I hate playing on my warlock. <laughs> I don't hate warlocks because they are useful in a team sense. Yes. I hate playing on my warlock. I appreciate the specification. Yeah. No. Every. I like warlocks. The same. I just personally don't always enjoy playing warlock. <laughs> well, and like I, I'm horrible at jumping warlocking. warlock. I should say. <laughs> I'm horrible at warlocking. Like I, I've got a clan mate who actually pulled up all the stats of a single <laughs> raid. I tightened so much that when I was actually playing on my warlock, I had the most melee kills out of everybody. Some <laughs> <laughs> good reach though. Natural tight. Well, and this same friend who mains a warlock was like Elemist. You're not allowed to warlock anymore. <laughs> Warlocks are not You're tight. doing it wrong. Don't punch. It's tight thinking. <laughs> I punch on my warlock. I, I actually didn't get into too much Iron Banner this week. Uh, me but neither. It seemed like uh, <laughs> <laughs> by not you, too you're much. You're not allowed to play Iron Banner. None. Yeah, you made that clear during the last yeah. podcast. Wasn't high enough late. I mean, you could, but it would you'd be getting one shot by a lot of things, and you probably wouldn't have fun. <laughs> yeah, I have fun just being in the party. I don't even need to play. Yeah, you were in the were you in the party when we played Iron Banner? You were. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. That was, I was the, the one day I played Iron Banner. I had my headset on. I think that was what two nights ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was the night I decided I needed a beer, drank half of it, and then I think fell asleep, fell asleep. with my headset on. <laughs> That was like the second time I've done that this week. You're starting to make a habit of it. 
<laughs> you guys just lull me to sleep with all of your, what the heck? How did that kill me? <laughs> I've, I've never said that before. <laughs> we should move Freaking on. Blade Barrage. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next week, we're going to have increased infamy for Gambit. So if anybody's you know, still hunting down that, that dredging title, not gonna don't want it. Not gonna say that it's a good idea, but you know, it's the best time if you're gonna go for it. Yeah. And then the week after that, we get the new expansions. We only have like two weeks. Potentially new week lore. And a half. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, it's new guaranteed lore. new lore. Well, we bet. Honestly, we better. Like we. I need to know more about this this fellow. Me and. Mister Drifter. No. What fellow? I mean, yeah. No, Shit. sorry. No, oh. no, 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 I had a brain fart. Me and Eva Levante need more info. Oh, We're yeah. both about... very skeptical. That's what I said about Drifter. And you said no. I'm so confused. Yeah, I want the Lord to be about Drifter. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. Okay, we're she's, all on the same She's page. meaning that both her and Eva both have have issues that need to be Yeah. Addressed. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But apparently we're still going to give him treats anyways. You can try to make him good, you know. Even weird well, like, creepy people need love. Well, like I love how how we gave the guy who we can't trust treats, but we wouldn't give a cultist treats. All right. So brief intro to our topic. Uh, all these entries are from a single journal, who was written, or which was written, by one of the Black Armory founders. Um, all these entries, essentially, are just torn pages from the journal um, and they were stolen by civics who happens to be one of up oh, sorry he happens to be the spider's brother wow i'm having trouble tonight <laughs> um are you covered that fine and because civics is a fallen enemy that means you can only obtain the lore entries from Forges that have fallen as the enemies. So Gafanon Forge, Bergusia. I think those are the only two. Yep. There's Cabal in the Lunder. And the Izanami is Vex. Yeah. So yeah. This is just going to be basically a story from a journal. It's a pretty cool one. I hope you enjoy your bedtime story. Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll start your bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> Read by three of the weirdest people you've ever listened to. And a dog. Hey, 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 hey. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> I was like, you're really gonna you're gonna <laughs> call me on that? I think that was pretty accurate description. <laughs> you're absolutely correct. Well, then, I will get started in our reading. So, it, uh, just, I guess, a heads up is because these are pages 
It doesn't start at entry one. And um, but you get you get the whole story through the the book. We'll have a nice conclusion through it all. But um, yeah, just know it's if it sounds like it's skipping, we're not doing that. The lore in, the, the lore book skips. So the first entry is actually entry ten. Entry ten. I'm a mother to a beautiful daughter, a daughter who talks to people who aren't actually there. Normal kid stuff, sure. Reminds me of my old ch- own childhood. Like when my mother would tell me ghost stories. They fascinated me. Especially the really creepy ones where ghosts would try to communicate with people. I decided I was going to be the first person to truly make contact with one. Headed to the, the creepiest part of my house, the basement. I was going to just sit in the dark and wait until something, anything, showed up. But my plan was cut short. Took one hell of a tumble down the basement stairs. Many bruises and a broken arm later, my mother reminded me that ghosts weren't real. That I should stick to what I could see in front of me. But sometimes, you just want to believe in a thing, you know? Because what if it is real? What if this big, beautiful universe we barely know is so much stranger and more complicated than any of us realize? Shouldn't we want to look beyond what we can see with our own eyes? I mean, a gigantic, ominous ball floats in the sky over other planets and terraforms them. Stranger things haven't happened. Something like the Traveler exists. Doesn't it just stand to reason that there's more out there we don't know? So many people treat the Traveler like it's not this completely alien thing that we still know nothing about. Sure, we've benefited from it immensely. But so many people around the world put their blind trust in it. Their faith, even. To a fault. A huge one. We've let ourselves become hypnotized by the traveler into thinking we're all safe. We've let ourselves become naive about the world around us. We've let our guard down on a personal level. All in the name of achieving world peace and all we claim because the traveler inspired us to do so. We're comfortable, complacent, unprepared for the next time fate tells to wash us all away. And make no mistake, it will. My daughter's not old enough yet to comprehend the traveler, but she is impressionable enough to be weakened by it like the rest of society, should I let her. I will not let her. I like this card, because that's how I feel about the traveler. Traveler is sketchy stuff. And it's true. A lot of people have become hypnotized and complacent and naive. And it makes me think about when we were reading, um, you know, Eva's journey and that one guy who was just like, just let the guardians die and blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, you you love how they take care of you until they're no longer benefiting you. Um, I don't know. You know, we've we've. We've touched quite a bit on the traveler and its sketchiness and um, how they know like so little about it, yet put all of their trust and faith in it. I'm telling you, the traveler is a little culty to me too. Yeah, this is yeah. A, a good setup for kind of the, um, I guess, the atmosphere or the vibe that's gonna uh, be that's gonna take place to the rest of these cards. You know, as it mentions, not that you know 
she thinks that the traveler's bad, but just that they can't rely on it for everything. So, you know, that's going to kind of paint the picture for what her character, why her character does what she's going to do through these entries. The she that shall not be named yet. I don't have her name yet. No, see, you know, my, my thing is, I'm, I'm drawing parallels with modern day society and cell phones. Like, yes. And like, I was huge, mm-hmm. like, there's that huge dependency on it. And if you don't have it, you're damn near crippled. Yeah, well, and not just that, but the impressionableness that that cell phones have on such young ones, even if they don't fully understand and comprehend what it's doing, just the way that it can can very much so mold and shape their mind at such a young age. Like, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. It's true. I'm sure, you know, as she mentioned, her daughter would have been growing up not ever living in a time when there was no traveler so it was up to her to make her um not completely reliant on this foreign object that they really knew nothing about yeah well and like today you know the kids today they they will grow up in a time where there you know has always been such a thing as a smartphone i remember when my parents got their first iphone i think i was well into middle school by the time like iphones are more wildly popular and even that is still more than obviously even our parents had the fact that i can even remember a time when my parents had cell phones you know their parents didn't but you know today a two-year-old sees your phone they automatically ask you if there's games on it automatically know how to open it i mean you know there's one little girl we know she knows the exact password to hyven's mom's phone she's known it since she was like two she remembers it better than i do and she knows exactly where her little game app on her phone is (laughs) like it's crazy well i don't know about cell phones but (laughs) our entry writer was on the right path about being prepared for something with the traveler yeah centuries like i i also wanted to comment on that i mean she's the the writer is talking about how they've become complacent and they're unprepared for the next time fate tells to wash us all away Mm -hmm. i mean everybody knows about the collapse so it It hadn't happened yet so it's just starting she was very wise yeah, and I think that's why it made me think of the um, Eva Levante story, too, because, you know, everyone was so lulled into this sense of, like, we're fine. I mean, especially you would think at the tower, like, we're fine. It's crawling with guardians, you know? So just and, like. Well, this is. I was just going to say, like Eva's story, this is also from the viewpoint of a non guardian. So that's why we're kind of getting a similar feeling. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. But yeah, you know, and it just. And the guardians aren't around of, yet. That thought of um, just how, you know, unprepared they were for the Red War and and what that led to and and all of that. Because I think agree. at the tower is where I'd feel safest, you know, but that's actually and, what well, was attacked so, first. Yeah, well, and so th- when this takes place, this is so early on that there are no such things as guardians or the tower or the city. Um, this is when the travelers yeah. just arrived. There has been no need or any of that, just starting, planets are just starting to be terraformed. Uh, so at this point, 
the traveler has not been attacked. It has not one last ditch effort created the ghosts or the guardians. So we are talking like at the beginning. This is pre-collapse. This is golden age time. Yep. Like, like right before the collapse, basically. All right. Well, let's move on to our next entry, I guess. Sounds good. This one is entry 25. We are not alone with the traveler. Something else has been detected out there. An anomaly of sorts. I'm lucky to have friends in informative places who tell me these things. They don't know what it is, but there is something. Could it be another traveler? Could just be a wonky radio wave? Or could be something really bad? On the off chance it is something to be concerned about, shouldn't we be prepared to deal with it head on before it arrives? But how are we supposed to do that when the means to defend ourselves are not in the people's hands anymore? Don't get me wrong, it's not like I don't understand those decisions. It makes sense, but having a child changes your perspective on life. I won't feel comfortable unless I am the one doing something to protect my family. I can't be the only one. No more sitting around thinking someone or something else will do it for us. I will handle it. And I won't do it alone. I know just the right people who would appreciate the opportunity to be a part of something like this. Something that the powers to be would never sanction. But like I've said in the past, we don't know what else is out there in the universe. What we or our children or our children's children might have to face one day. We will be prepared. So they're starting to see something out in the black void of of space. They're not sure what yet. And the writer is talking about how we need to be prepared. Like, everybody's complacent. We need to deal with this. We need to be ready to defend ourselves. So we're starting to see the beginnings of, like, the black armory itself. I like that she says they need to be prepared to face it head on. It could be another traveler, another traveler, or some wanky, wonky radio wave. But like, regardless of what it is, she mentions that they need to be prepared. Yeah. Um, and I guess you know also the fact that everyone just kind of thinks that the traveler's only good, and that nothing bad could happen to them, and that it would protect them. But I like that. She mentions that, you know, if this is something that people can relate to, that having a child changes her perspective. She doesn't feel comfortable knowing that she's relying on something, not even someone she knows closely, but some odd entity to protect her and her family. She wants to do something herself. I think that's like the perfect um, entry into, as you said, why she founded the Black Armory, really as a love for her family. Babe, I love you so much. I'm going to go forge a bunch of weapons for us, okay? Yeah, got to be prepared. <laughs> hey, as long as it's a machine gun, I'm all right. <laughs> all right. On to entry 37. So this is what success looks like. We three putting a stake in the ground for what we believe in. 
Some may disagree with what we're doing. I don't care. We have to champion all that we hold dear, who we are, our values, our cultures, all that we believe in as human beings. This is why we founded the Black Armory. Our works, they're beautiful, all of them, finely crafted, made from the strongest of materials, durable, accurate. It took me some time to create our first few designs, but I wanted to get them right, make them distinct, to reflect who we are. Mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, friends, lovers. If the day comes that we need to wield these weapons against, I don't even know what, they'll be there to remind us what we are fighting for what we are defending, where we come from. I am so lucky to have found Helga and Yuki, my co-founders, who share these feelings so deeply. The Black Armory owes its continued success to them. I am in awe. Helga's formerly from Clovis Bray. She handles the business side of things. Yuki's our resident engineer handles the science and mechanics of it all. Every day, I get to admire these women and everything they do right. They put so much of themselves into our work, their soul, their heritage, and they do it all for the cause. We've become one big family. I couldn't be happier. So they have officially founded the Black Armory. And as we see, there are three original founders that might sound similar, or I should say relevant to the Black Armory as we have three houses that it helps us to appreciate. Um, and we see that her co-founders are Helga and Yuki and that they share her feelings and that they put everything into their work. I like that it said their soul and their heritage. So that just kind of makes me think of you have Helga, Yuki, and this unnamed one, but does that not make you think of maybe the three families? I would oh, think that Helga sounds Norse. Yuki sounds like the uh, Japanese-influenced. So that would lead us to believe that the, the French influence would come from the founder who is who's writing this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so that's kind of where we get that from. Um, and then, yeah, basically they're just ready to create the, I don't know, the most powerful, high-quality, defensive weaponry that they can design. And I... Or does Yuki sound like the quirky engineer from, like, every sci-fi movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't know. You always have to have a quirky engineer, though. <laughs> they got to be a little eccentric, you know? That's how they get all that awesome work done. That's what makes them so creative. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she's the great engineer. And then Helga comes from Clovis <clears throat> Bray. And I like that she is the one who handles the business. That sounds a little shady. 
<laughs> especially thinking anyone who does business with Clovis Bray is shady. But maybe she left because of the shadiness. So she's just, you know, reconciling the accounts. It's totes normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they will also, I don't know. It, this card kind of made me think of just, um, I think, a point uh, that should just kind of be noted um, on Destiny's part and the writer's parts. They have a lot of very um, well-represented female characters. Um, and I think that's a big thing in the gaming world. I think um, for creators to recognize that it's not just the males that game anymore. I know I'm not. I'm the casual gamer, as uh, we discussed uh, earlier. Uh, not sure if that was pre-recording. Um, but, you know, as I've looked through Twitter, I've seen so many of these, you know, amazing females who really, truly love this game and love this community. And so, you know, I think it's nice that they're represented. Um, you know, we hear a lot representation is everything and being able to see ourselves in the things that we admire. Um, and so this in and of itself just sounds like three highly intelligent women kind of kicking ass, um, you know, to protect their loved ones. And I think it's just, you know, it's, it's, I think what I like about it is it's, um, there's such that natural instinct, that maternal instinct of a woman to want to protect their loved ones. But then Destiny is like, okay, but we're Destiny. So we're going to take it to this like badass level of like founding an armory. <laughs> uh, I mean, like I really, as you said, I really appreciate that. Yeah, the, Destiny's definitely got a lot of strong characters, and a good majority of them are strong female characters. So, um, you know, just as we read uh, Ava's journey, she was a strong character. We, mm -hmm. you know, have referenced Anna Bray, all these characters who are, you know, really strong and powerful, and they're uh, they're they're held up on high for their merits. And for their actions and their accomplishments, so it's yeah, you're you're definitely right. It's nice, and it really helps it to be uh, realistic and something that everyone can relate to. As uh, the card said, they they built this armory for mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, friends, lovers. Yeah. So both in game and out of game, that's kind of what destiny is. Yeah, exactly. And I just you know I think that's something to be commended to destiny for you know just how they've cultivated this amazing community. Um, by making it something that's so uh, welcoming to everyone. Yeah, sure. I just want to note, we've got three strong women making weapons. I'm already happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Elmas kind of woman. Absolutely. One, one that can protect him. She can handle my <laughs> hand cannon. Ooh. Like <laughs> I was thinking more of a sniper. But, you know, maybe that's just because I've read some of these cards. <laughs> Snipers are later. I thought you were just getting a little overly generous with the, uh, with the link there, but... Well, I'm just saying, if he was going to pick a weapon... He was just talking about <laughs> machine guns earlier. And then he moved down to a hand cannon, so... I mean, those things do pack a serious punch, though, so who am I to judge? He's being, exactly. He's just being modest, you know? Humility and all. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I mean, I mean it's hey, not the they size were of the just gun, it's the size of the caliber. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's right. Like, all right, well, I will continue on the story. 
with our next entry. And this is entry 41. Our forge is up and running, the first of its kind. This is momentous for us, for the Black Armory. I should be thrilled. Should being the key word here. But I didn't ask to build a mobile weapon factory. I didn't come up with the idea. Helga and Yuki did. Suffice it to say, lately, we haven't been agreeing on things as much as we used to. With the anomaly, they believe now more than ever that we need our work out there. Easily accessible in the moment, they said. In much greater number, they said. We're growing fast. Too fast. Which means matched production. Which in turn means less control over our work. How it's distributed, who it's distributed to, etc. It means more weapons to defend ourselves, yes, but not in every single person's hands. That was not my vision. Power without control leads to chaos. It's a give and take. And nothing says less control quite like placing portable weapon printers all around the world. Hell, they're even discussing putting them on other planets. I guess I always thought that this operation would stay more intimate, more focused. I know that Helga and Yuki are just looking out for the Armory's best interests. Helga's always reminding us, obnoxiously, might I add, that until the little green aliens invade, this is as much a business as a cause. So I signed off on it. Helga can keep being the semi-cruel one around here. I'll just work harder to preserve our heart. Definitely interested to see where this relationship progresses. Okay, also, I don't know. I guess I find it interesting that I am struggling to word my thought here. <clears throat> so, right, we're always, someone we're, else we're should both, step We're both in. a little sick. We apologize. Myself and Mrs. <laughs> Ivan have had chest colds, flu-like like stuff. we for like been... a week and a half. I keep telling yeah. people, like, I'm pretty sure we're on the mend. But, yeah, I don't think so anywhere. Anywho, somebody saved me from my thought. You know, you were just I commenting on... I think you were commenting on the relationship between the three founders. <clears throat> yes. I mean, A, that. Um, and also, B, I guess Helga's view of how this operation should be handled, basically, in preparation and... Of an invasion, basically, but also in preparation of, I guess, if there isn't one and we want to continue running it like a business. It just shows that very, like, Clovis Bray influence, I feel like. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh, the thing I'm, I'm taking away from this, um, it's talking about how there's portable weapon printers. Hmm. And we see those in-game. Like Those are the forges. around the gunsmith and well, even then, I mean, Those are the large, very large forge yeah. versions, I suppose. But yeah. yeah. And she's got his own little printer behind him. All, well, I guess he did D1. Does he have one? Can you see anything behind him now? I thought there was. I that probably is. I just take it for granted. Yeah. But that just shows that maybe their technology has, like, it, it picked up, you know, not just the forges. But even like for today, just all the we- like a lot of the weapons we produce. Well, and like those might be the next generation of what they actually crafted in the Black Armory. 
But yeah. as far as the Black Armory, you know, mobile weapon factories, we know that there are two on Earth and two on Nessus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And pointed I mean, out that they were moving to other planets with them. Mm-hmm. And they were on board the the uh, Exodus Black. Yeah. Well, actually, there's three on. Three on? No, two. How many are? There's only four total. Yeah. Okay. So there's only two on Earth. I don't know where I'm thinking of an extra one. Yeah. But still, they've definitely succeeded in spreading. Uh, you know, two other planets. As you said, we got two on Nessus, and they launched. They were able to launch them, I guess, with uh, the expansion of humanity. Uh, so yeah. it's definitely like a growing business at this point. And I kind of like, I can see how, um, you know, our, our, our founder here is discussing that this is not exactly what she envisioned. It was more of a, of a dream. But Helga and Yuki are more thinking more practically. Helga's, you know, thinking... Well, we can't continue producing unless we get, you know, income. So let's just start selling these. And Yuki, of course, she's an engineer. She just wants to make the best things possible. And I'm sure right. as she's always trying to see how she can make something better. So when you're making weapons, you're trying to make them better, more effective. And you're also trying to make money. That can, you know, that could be scary to, to some people. And I could see how she could think that this is a little bit different than what her dream was. But she couldn't. Yeah, you know, she had to kind of agree that, yeah, you know, how do you how do you reach your dream without any finances or any any backing? So she signed off. But I like how she said that they'll work on that aspect. She wants to work on preserving the heart of their their original mission or goal. Yeah, like I, I like that. Just the way she worded it, you know, I'll just work harder to preserve our heart. Yeah, it it really hit hit with me, you know. Yeah, well, I think she recognizes that there is a practicality to what they're doing, but that like that was yeah. that's not what's going to drive her. She's going to go along, but she's going to make sure that she's always there to help you know help it, help guide things to keep them running smoothly. You know, she could have just uh, complained and tried to like back out, but what would have happened? They would have just continued on. Yeah, well, it's that constant um, conflict. I mean, you see it a lot in uh, superhero movies of, you know, that what makes me different than the villain I'm fighting, you know? And so it's kind of that constant give and take. They don't want to become what they're potentially afraid of. And so she wants to make sure she keeps all of those checks and balances in order and that somebody is being mindful of it. Yeah, I agree. For sure. She definitely is the, as she says, the heart of the group. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next card, because the first line is, she gave her a piece of her mind. <laughs> yeah, it, the story is going to just continue picking up, guys. It doesn't get tranquil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll continue on with this next one. It's entry 50. And says, today I gave Helga a piece of my mind. She came to me with another opportunity for the armory. Another chance to increase our production. But this project is really crossing a line for me. Exos. I never liked the idea of them in the first place. They're not humans. 
They don't have a soul. They're nothing but the experiments of humans playing God. Since when has that gone well? If one day they decide they don't like the rest of us, what recourse do we have? It'll be a slaughter. Thinking about combining that technology with ours makes me sick. Helen knew how I would feel about this. She absolutely knew, and yet she brought it to me anyways. She even brought up Titan again. They're talking about a potential evacuation. People will need protection more than ever, she said. This is the logical next step. Yuki tried to play both sides as usual. She means well, always getting between me and Helga when things start to get ugly. She usually knows just how to calm things down, and I admire her for it. But not this time. This was not the purpose of the Black Armory. So we can see here that the nameless author and Helga are like constantly at odds ends, and Yuki is playing the peacemaker. Yeah, I, I thought about it. You know, you could say it's mommy and daddy fighting, but I thought about it as kind of like the brains and the heart of their group kind of going at it. And, you know, as I mentioned before, Yuki's just this engineer who's just trying to design and do the best. You know, you think of engineers, she's probably thinking, like, practically, she's just trying to do her work well, and, you know, she wants them to succeed. And I feel like she's not as inclined either way. Whereas I would think, you know, the business person is thinking logically, we got to we gotta sell as much as possible. We need to defend these people. And the person who really was like the heart of the whole operation, because, you know, at the beginning, it didn't really say much about her bringing in as far as what her, her skill set was, as much as she was really just the motivating force behind this idea. Does that make sense? Yeah, and we have an engineer, a yeah, businesswoman, no, I mean, and then kind of just the heart of the idea. Like she had the yeah. idea, basically. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's kind of like, um, you know, when you have an idea to start a company, but you got to get the investors in, and then the investors, you know, feel like they've got a stake in it and want to kind of change everything to where you don't even feel like it's your initial vision anymore, and you're just kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, I mean, that's just like um, game development. You have studios who make games, and then you have publishers who, um, you know, who have to think financially. So, you know, that's just every aspect of life. We have these two sides. Uh, but I wouldn't say that Helga's only thinking for the money. Um, she's talking about how she's bringing up Titan. At this point, it sounds like you know, we're having attacks on some colonies and planets that, you know, Titan is being attacked, and they are talking about an evacuation. So she's saying, you know, one of these outer planets is, or, or moons is already being attacked. We have to put these weapons in everyone's hands so that when it gets to us, you know, we stop it there. So I wouldn't say she's completely irrational in her thinking. And at this point also, I, I would say, you know, they, they might not know what they're getting into. I would imagine that Exos at this stage are fairly new. Um, you know, she's come from Clovis Bray and she's talking about in bringing exos in. I was curious, what exactly do they plan on doing with these exos? Our author claims that they're not humans, but we know all, all exos today are fairly human. They're not, they're not frames. They're not the robots that um, it sounds like uh, our author is describing, kind of. Well, 
and and her viewpoint is because DXOs are brand new. I yeah, mean, that's what I'm thinking. They haven't perfected somebody, the science. Right. Well, like if if somebody tells you, oh yeah, we 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 created this this machine, this robot, and put a human mind into it. What are you gonna think? Yeah, so you're making war machines. Like you're that's you know that's ethically and morally probably possibly not right. Right. And then the fact that, I mean, it, they are the black armory. They create weapons. And then Helga brings up the whole opportunity to increase the production. That's by true. using exos i mean it, at that point it's like why don't we just make an assembly line you know and just mass produce that way and that's a good point because i had thought of it maybe as incorporating exos into somehow arming them but i you know what they almost make it sound like they want to bring exos in as workers right yeah that's a, that's an interesting view too Regardless, the important thing here is that she does not like Exos. And that's going to play a really big part later on in this story. Just keep that in mind, that Exos are not okay with our founder. Yep. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. Well, you want to go ahead and get our reading on this? The next card is entry 6768. Entry 67. The Traveler is on the move, and they say it's coming here, to Earth. I didn't take the news of Titan's evacuation seriously enough. I should have. I should have listened to Helga and Yuki. This is bigger than just me. It's about all of us. If Project Niobe can help humanity, then it's our duty to press forward with it. Even if it means working closely with some unsavory types. Sometimes that's the cost of protection. It's only a matter of time now. Entry 68. They are here. They are real. I can't believe we were so right and so wrong to think that we could stop this. To say we were naive would be an understatement. We simply didn't know. Their power, their strength, it's insurmountable. As they draw closer, all we can do is hide and hope that the facility doors will be strong enough. It's utter chaos out there. Too many put their faith in the Traveler. I don't know what sort of answers people expect from a gigantic ball in the sky, It remains silent, as always. At least, I'm with her. Being with family is what matters in the end. There is no more hope. Only the screams of humanity. We say, see, things are really starting to pick up here. Um, The Traveler has already started running. Picked up with a lot of vagueness. What? That it picks up, but I feel like it picks up with a lot of vagueness. Well, I said the the story is picking up. At this point, the traveler is now on the move. It has moved over to Earth, which means it's moving 
you know, closer into them, which, you know, would imply that it is running as this, this enemy, this dark force is, is, is getting closer. So Titan's already been evacuated. So not only are the people getting, having to run away, but even the traveler is just up and running. Uh, so they see that they were right and how horribly right and wrong they were. Uh, the fact that, yeah, they shouldn't have put faith in the traveler, but what was coming was more than they expected it to be. Um, she goes as far as to even say that she should have listened to Helga and Yuki. Um, so we kind of see a change of, of, of feeling and pace that it goes from, we just want to you know, take matters into our own hands to, no, at this point we might be fighting for our lives, that this has become serious. This traveler that we thought was going to save us, it's not just a, like you guys said, we rely too much on smartphones. We rely too much on this traveler. It's, it's no, this traveler can't save us anymore. And we are not as prepared as we should have been. You know, people are going to start dying. Well, and, and so the thing to note here is that from the last entry, this is 17 entries ahead. So like, oh, yeah. this could be two weeks. It could be a month. It, like, we don't know the actual time span. Yeah. So a lot could change at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I just think that the feeling has really picked up. You know, they're talking. She's at the point now. It's not. There's a signal off in the distance. It's not. There's rumors of uh, Titan needing to be evacuated. Uh, she's talking about all we can do is hide and hope that the facility doors will be strong enough. Like the insanity has reached them. Like personally, on on Earth, so they're not just shipping out weapons to people out on the outskirts of like the colonies. They're they're needing to arm themselves at this point. And of course, we see uh, a reference to Project Niobe, yeah, which is, sounds familiar because uh, that's in game. It's one of the Niobe big labs. one of the big things we had to open. Um, so we're gonna get a little bit more about kind of I guess what what they've been working on any other thoughts to add nothing on my end i'm curious to see how all of this continues to play out yeah so i just thought it's uh just important once again because i'm trying to really play up this character's feelings and thoughts family is important to her and we talked about she doesn't like exos and now we see as things are getting serious what does she focus on that at least she's with her daughter. That family is what matters. Um, even though, as she say, says, there's no hope, only screams of humanity. So once again, focus on her character. She really, really loves her daughter and her family, and that's the important part. So this is going to move into um, when things start taking a turn. Uh, I will be reading entries 70, 71, and 72. And the reason these entries go together is because these were basically a, a single page of the journal. I don't know if we explained that exactly, uh, but that's why some of these entries are lumped together. Entry 70. Oh, and then also, I guess what, we've jumped two entries from our last. The howling is loudest at night. By dawn, the quiet returns, and with it, the horrid smell that brings the dogs. I long for the moment I can pry those doors open and leave this place. As I try to sleep, 
I realized I couldn't recall the last time I heard a songbird. Do any yet live? I haven't noticed. Entry 71. Last night, we awoke in the middle of the night to the sound of something pounding on the walls. It roared and stomped and howled in frustration until it found the doors. They didn't hold. I never saw it. We were too occupied, blindly firing around a corner. I just remember the smell of wet earth and a sound I've never heard before, like a machine being stretched and then compressed. When it was over, we'd lost members of our black armory family, and the thing, whatever it was, got away. I lost one of my sisters, Helga. We had our problems, but she was right about so many things. I know that now. I wish I could have told her. Entry 72. My daughter was injured during the attack. She's unconscious. I can't. These are tense. I mean, just starting with 70, it's, it's setting all of this up. <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's one, two, three, five lines of very depictive wording. Uh, you know, I read the horrid smell that brings the dogs, and I, I think dead bodies. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> so, I mean, you're seeing what, you know, it's like they don't know what's out there, but that smell, the lack of the songbird, all of these things, they know death is literally knocking on their door. And then when it comes, I mean, yeah, they, they suffer loss. And for her, she suffers hard loss. I mean, someone who at this point she's calling her sister. Someone who she clearly has regrets with. And, you know, that's something that she has to live with now. And then on top of everything else, her daughter is injured and is now unconscious. And again, playing up this character and really focusing on what's important to her is family. I, I mean, so she's just lost someone she considers family and the most important person to her in the world is currently unconscious yeah yeah i didn't just stop reading the journal entry just she literally just ends i can't dot 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 she doesn't she can't even finish reading i would imagine she just possibly you know is just like overwhelmed or sobbing like can't can't even continue to journal her feelings you just you picture like there are tears on that page yeah I'm sure. Like those those words yeah. have run from the water staining it. Yeah. Well, my question to you guys is what race or who do you th- what do you think attacked them? Oh, I know what attacked them, but I want to hear Mrs. Hyvin's ideas. I don't have any thoughts actually. I have no idea so, at all, so please tell me. So and see, even I don't. I was. I've had multiple different thoughts. So I'm curious oh, what you have to say. Oh, see, uh, the, l- let me find it real quick. Uh, yeah, like I have, I have thoughts, but I'm sure mine are just like. I never so saw fun. it. We were too occupied, blindly firing around a corner. I just remember the smell of wet earth, and a sound I've never heard before, like a machine being stretched and then compressed. That's a servitor. Yeah. Okay. I got you there. Well, see, you know, I'm just curious because 
do we actually know what race showed up first? Um, I've always thought of... Un- unless it's, it's some fifth race that we don't know about, I, I'm, my bet is Fallen, because they See, are the first documented enemies that we've had. That's what I always thought, too, that the Fallen were the first ones to chase um, down the Traveler. But we know that the Hive have been chasing the Traveler from the beginning, and just kind of that call out to Titan. Yes, there are, they're all Fallen on Titan, uh, but Hive are definitely have taken it over. So did the Hive come later? So originally I was thinking Fallen. But then we have, of course, just references to loud banging and like heavy footsteps. You know, that makes me think of Cabal. And I don't think it's Cabal. They haven't been there. Uh, no. But then, of course, talking about the machines, I almost thought about Vex. So like there's everything. Uh, and now that you say that, that would make sense. Because I've always thought of the Fallen being the first ones there. And I knew that this was a machine, but uh, well, and like I, I was, time. I was also thinking through it logically. Like the Cabal yeah. have never been on Earth until the Red War. You know, yeah. we didn't step into a war with the Cabal until we were on Mars. Um, yeah, I, I same didn't think it was Cabal. We've never seen Vex or even heard of Vex being on Earth. Um, and the Hive don't have anything that sounds like a machine. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I was thinking... Um, I was thinking Fallen. I was just curious to what specifically... I didn't think a servitor, though. That would explain the machine noise. Because I never thought of a... I thought of maybe a... Like a captain teleporting, like blinking in and out. But servitors do that also. That would make sense. Now, granted, I don't think of a servitor as loud and banging, but who's to say it was only one? Right. Like, it could have been a servitor and, like, two or three dregs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nope. I was just, that was kind of for my own curiosity. I was kind of thinking Fallen 2 originally, uh, but, you know, just, it it never actually mentions them specifically. But that would make sense. Fallen are on Titan. Fallen are on Earth. They were some of the first documented attacks. And, uh, yeah. Well, and... and I think you got it right on unless, the nose there. Like, th- that's my theory on it. Unless there is a fifth enemy that just up and vanished when the the Traveler created the ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. It talks about the smell of wet earth. I wouldn't imagine Vex. Well, although some of them do have, like, lichen and moss growing on them. Either way, it's not really that important. I'm just kind of curious what actually attacked them. <laughs> I'm standing behind Fallen, though. I agree. Some type of Fallen. All right. Well, I guess we should probably move on. We kind of just can't just leave everyone hanging. Yeah, before you guys rabbit hole for too long. <laughs> I'm sure you want to get on with what's next. Yeah, kind of. Like, you left <laughs> me hanging on the dot, dot, dot. All right. So yeah. I am reading entries 92, 93, 94, and 95. Um, and just a reminder, this is now 20 entries from where we left off. We left off at 72. 92. This whole thing was supposed to be about life. And here I stand, not by choice, looking out into the void. Only death stares back. I'm told to hold my emotions inside, to be strong. But how 
under these circumstances, who in the right mind could do that? I'm told this is bigger than me, that I'm not allowed to forget that. Again, who in their right mind could do that? Who in their right mind? Their right mind. Maybe that's it. Why I'm considering this in all my desperation, I'm not really in my right mind. This whole thing was about life. It still is. It has to be. So, I'll do it. I have to do it. I have to. For her. Entry 93. Yuki is in the lab. It's happening right now. My anxiety is out of control. The universe is getting smaller every day as humanity is dismantled piece by piece. If we don't stop the bleeding, what will become of us? In the end, all my reservations about manufacturing guns are gone. We have no other choice. It's so important the Black Armory succeeds. And yet I awoke this morning with a truly selfish thought in my head. What if I turned and ran? Yuki could take the reins, or whoever. Let someone else carry on. Then I had some coffee, cried a little. But I'm done wallowing in self-pity now. Too much is at stake. I hope everything goes well. Brushing the process might not have been a good idea. This sort of thing has never been done here on Earth. We're definitely not going to be able to call Clovis Bray in case of hiccups. My life's work is in Yuki's hands now. I'm exhausted. I'd like to hear the birds sing again. I hope they escaped. Entry 94. I sealed that damaged entrance as best I could. The busy work helped me ignore what was happening in the lab. What's still happening? But we can't stay here. They're going to attack again, and this time we won't make it. There's no time to finish the process in the labs. We'll have to do it from the road. We leave at dawn. Entry 95. I buried her remains this morning. Yuki and I had a short ceremony. No time to look back. We had to leave. This is where, like, it, it just pulls at my heart. And Mrs. Ivan, like, you bl- you read that beautifully. That, uh... Sure. Look, see, getting in my feels before we podcast today was, uh, was good for something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Put me in the right mindset to read. <laughs> so, my question for you, Mrs. Ivan, what do you think just happened? Well, I'm pretty sure I know. Um, so, I'm pretty behind in the game. But I'm just hit Black Armory. So I'm pretty certain I know who the writer is and who the daughter is. Um, So I'm pretty certain, especially given that family is so important and yet she hates exos. But like I said, I'm pretty certain I know who the daughter is, that her daughter never gained consciousness. And her daughter was just um, basically put into Yuki's hands to be made into an EXO. I don't really know that process, so I don't know if I'm even using the right terms for it. Um, <clears throat> but 
her body still remained um, despite being put into an XO, and that's why they buried the remains um, of her body this morning. Yep. I think you got a pretty good grasp. Yeah. Um, and I also, I think it's important to note that this process isn't finished. So yeah. I think what I find very um, sombering about this this card uh, is that she just buried the remains, but she doesn't have confirmation that this process is actually going to succeed. So she's in this limbo of, like, I may have just had her funeral, but, like, I might not. Um, and so it's it, it's a very weird position. Well, yeah. well, and, like, you have to think about, like, what that would do to a parent's mindset. Like, I may have saved my daughter, or I may have just buried her, and that's it. Yeah. But yeah, and you have to think to her, exos aren't people. They have no soul. But to her, whatever was saved, she's just she's burying her daughter. I mean, if I, you know, she 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 buried her daughter. She saw body. Um, yeah. Exos are so new. This is not even if she knows that maybe something's still alive. I'm sure that like that would have been monumental. Um, and you see you see the progression of these cards. Entry ninety two. You know, it starts semi-cryptic. You, you know, it's not completely plain. But she talks about how she must be crazy. She's not in her right mind. She has to do what she has to do. You can see that, like, she does not like the idea of exos. But she is desperate for her daughter to live. And then she continues on. It's starting. She's so anxious. She can't do it. Uh, it's in Yuki's hands. Did you notice, though, what she said? My life's work is in Yuki's hands right now. That's not her weapons. She's talking about her daughter. We see what's motivated her, what yeah, led her to start the black done armory. Everything she's it was done all for, for her, her daughter. daughter. Yeah. So you know these yeah. little little points help us to appreciate what is happening. In a desperation, she's making a choice. She's looking to the EXO program. Her life's work is her daughter. I did want to note that, of course, coffee helped her. <laughs> Still got to have coffee in. <laughs> in the future. Um, and then she basically couldn't do anything about this, um, but she just kind of made herself useful and distracted and just tried to close uh, up the doors. And Not only are, is she not sure about her daughter being transferred to an EXO, but notice this sort of thing has never been done on Earth. We're definitely not going to be able to call Clovis Bray in case of hiccups. They have lightly worked with Clovis Bray. The only person who has reference specifically to Clovis Bray has now been killed. And the EXO program is not only new, but EXOs have only been created on Mars at this point. Um, so this is, this is so new to them. Um, and we see that the process is not finished when they're burying the body. So that doesn't sound right. <laughs> it sounds like... Not the normal process of how an EXO should be created. Even though we don't know all the details about how EXOs are formed, uh, I, I think you can get by just what's going on here, that this process was, uh, it was like field surgery. You know, a medic with their field kit performing yeah. mm -hmm. a surgery that shouldn't be happening. 
in those circumstances. That's kind of the feeling I got from it. It's like a field medic doing a brain transplant or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much to add for me. I think it's somber, but it's pretty self-explanatory. They're moving on, and they're trying to keep things together. And I'll be covering the very last card we're covering tonight. Entry 99, 100, and 101. Entry 99. It's noon, and the trucks are finally loaded. A late start. Dead crows on the ground this morning. A bad omen. Only Yuki, myself, and three more of our Black Armory family remain. Well, the five of us. And the XO. I only caught a glimpse of her this so far. So much is writing on that metal and synth body. We woke her today. I can't look her in the eye. The birds are missing from the sky. We're going to head to the airport and then try to pick the safest destination. I was the last one out of the lab. I wonder if I'll ever see it again. Entry 100. The EXO has so many questions for me. I have some for her, too. But our current situation isn't the time or the place. We took fire on the road this afternoon. Fortunately, they were not as heavily armed as we were. My fears of putting weapons in the hands of everyone have come true. Humans just can't be trusted. We have the same enemies, you idiots. Even as the bones of civilization are picked clean, we continue fighting one another. Entry 101. Trucks are stuck. Trucks are stuck. We may need to proceed on foot. Travelers are heading in the opposite direction now. I'm questioning my decision to abandon the lab. It's just one of many decisions I'd like to have back. All right. So they have moved on. They've left the lab. The five of them and the exo. Did you notice she didn't say the six of us? She didn't say five of us and my daughter. Um, she is referred to as the exo. Um, so we don't have exactly everything straightened out at this point. Uh, but then continue on 11. The XO has many questions for me. I have many for her. Whatever's happened, it doesn't sound like it went completely right um, because she does not recognize this XO as her daughter. And it sounds as though this XO is very confused. Um, and then it goes on that they're attacked on the road, not by fallen, not by any enemy, but by other humans. Um, unfortunately, these, I'm sure, were probably just scared or opportunists who thought that they could uh, get supplies or the things they needed. Um, However, they chose a fight with the people who were probably providing them with weapons, Um, so they were able to get away. But then they continued on, and then their trucks got stuck. And then um, they had to proceed by foot. They said that travelers are heading in the opposite direction now. They're questioning their decision to abandon the lab. So... Um, they're in a really bad point at this moment. They're not sure if they're going the right way, what they're, if what they're doing is right. Um, she really 
questions the fact from ever leaving. And I'm sure she's got a lot on her mind right now, probably not thinking clearly with basically the, the loss of her daughter um, and her sister. You know, so I, I can imagine this is a really rough time to be dealing with being attacked by aliens, by your people, losing loved ones, losing your, you're losing your child who, who set you off on this course. And then you get your truck stuck in the mud and you have to walk aimlessly. Yep. And like, this is the first time that we've actually gotten mention of anyone from the Black Armory who wasn't Helga, Yuki, or the author. Yeah. They mentioned <laughs> the Black Armory family, but we specifically have confirmation that there's more people with them, more workers. Yeah. I would assume so. It sounds like it got rather large at one point. Yeah. <clears throat> you need more than just three for that level of production. I would imagine basically it was essential personnel at the building, you know, kind of when they started. You know, it was the, the core, like, management kind of thing. Um, and now they've been dwindled down to basically two founders, a couple of management or workers, and uh, her kind of daughter. But I wanted to point out that she doesn't just say that the way it's worded, it's not just that everything about this EXO is important to her. You notice it says, I only caught a glimpse of her so, more, so far. So much is riding on that metal and synth body. I, I took it as not only is that in reference to continuing with something of her daughter, but that kind of makes me think that there's something else in this EXO that has to do with, like, the continuation of their goals and their dreams. Does anyone, did anyone else get, like, a feeling that it's not just her daughter in there? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that now. That, you know, obviously like you've the, put... Like, oh, the ahead. future of the Black Armory is, is in that EXO. Yeah. Like all of their information and, like, data yeah. downloaded into it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it, so, this this or EXO, we think of yeah, we think of EXOs as being basically human consciousness. Sure, let's say the process worked completely fine, and uh, her daughter is now an EXO in the sense that we know them. Well, there's still also a mach mechanical machine component to them. Why could you not then incorporate your own sets of data? Um, you know. We have exos talking about how their memories might be fabricated and crazy stuff like that. Um, so I kind of got the idea that not only did they upload her daughter's consciousness onto this this exo, this mechanical frame, but maybe the whole catalog of data for everything that they've worked on. That's why she refers to this as the exo. It's almost like the walking database of everything that's important to her, including somewhere in there the consciousness slash memories of her daughter. Well, like, that's that's a good thought. And I'm sure in the, the last half, like, that line is specifically going to be answered. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, so it's a, kind of a heck of a place to I end. Wait until next week. But it, yeah. it is, it's kind of a fitting place to stop um, as we continue on. Uh, the story will kind of lighten up a little bit um, for a time, and you'll get a little bit more information. And I really think this is a perfect place to stop. 
because we are ending with the Black Armory as we know it, and we're continuing on with more of the personal story of what happens to this little group. So if you don't like cliffhangers, feel free to go read the story yourself. Uh, but if you just would rather just wait and have us read it to you, tune in next week. Pretty Absolutely. Much. It's a great story, and it's just going to get better. Mrs. Hyven, are you going to be able to wait? Or are you going to have to read this? Uh, I'm going to try and wait to have my reactions be <clears throat> fresh and natural, as always. Um, that's one of the reasons I try not to read um, any of our show notes ahead of time until we're doing it. I, I like to give, just because the majority of what we read through, both of you have already read it. Both of you know a lot about the story. Um, so I feel like that's kind of the perspective that I bring to the table as somebody who's reading and getting impressions for the first time. Um, so I'm going to try really hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. This one I, I, I do, I have gone over, not all, I don't go over them all, but I do always, almost always have gone over a overview of our, our topic. So I respect you trying to keep that fresh take. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, you, you, do bring the perspective of somebody who's not diving in as much as like Hyven or myself. Yeah. You know, I like to think that maybe there, you know, people listening who are listening because they want to get more into the lore, um, but don't maybe necessarily have the time to dive into it. Um, and so for them, perhaps this is also their first time listening and questions that I ask might be things that you guys see as almost obvious um, whereas somebody who is reading through it the first time might be like, wait, I don't fully understand that. And because I asked the questions, maybe it leads to more of a discussion that explains gaps um, that somebody who's a little more fresh to it uh, would also have. Exactly. Well, well that leads or me I'm to... Or I'm overplaying my role here completely. No, uh, you have no. A, you, <laughs> your, your role is very important. Because I was just about to say, that takes me to the point of... You might know, you know, I think that you do kind of have an idea of what's happening. And not that our listeners, probably most of our listeners know what happens. But as myself and Elemist who have, who know what's going to happen, and I know we're trying to kind of keep a little bit of who these individuals are as a cliffhanger, as a discussion point at the end. But, um, so I guess without maybe giving that up completely, what are your thoughts, not knowing how this story ends, um, but with what we've, what has happened? Um, well, again, give me I an overview I know of what you some think of how is the story ends. Um, mm -hmm. because like I said, I recently entered the Black Armory and I was like, so and so's a bee. And somebody in the party was like, well, this is why she's a bee. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I don't even know if you were in that party when I was talking about it. So I, I do know a little of what happened, but oh, maybe you did. Um, so. Because I know, it's kind of interesting. It's like I read the end of a book, and now I'm trying to figure out what led us there. Mm -hmm. um, which yeah. I will say I've enjoyed uh, the, the reading, though. I have learned a few things. Um, you know, I did, because I've never been around D1, um, D1 was, you know, out before we were together. Uh, D1 was coming to a close as we got. Uh, married 
And so I've been primarily involved in D2 and I don't know a ton of like the origin story of things. Um, so for starters, I didn't realize that all of these other races came to us and started attacking us because of the traveler. Um, I don't know why. I just assumed we were in some kind of intergalactic war in the future. Um, I didn't realize it was because they were seeking out the traveler. Um, so, no, that that, you cool. know, that's actually great. That's something that you see a video game. It's just we're fighting aliens. So yeah. That's something that I take for granted that I guess people don't all know that. Yeah, it just seems like your normal sci-fi. We just got too big for our britches and they came for us, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it makes a, it actually, I think, makes this game have a lot more, um, I don't know, it, just, it makes the game have some uniqueness, actually, to it. Um, that, that wasn't just the, like, oh, general sci-fi throw in some alien story. That there was actually this entity, this thing, um, that even to this day, I mean, we're on the second um, development of this game. We've got so much story. Um, we feel like we know so much about the traveler, but at the same time, we know like nothing about the traveler. Um, so I will say I, destiny has, has done such a good job of creating a story that I think is so unique. Um, you know, I, I would watch a movie based off of this. Oh, for sure. We're all waiting for books and movies. <laughs> right. But, you know, I think this is such a unique story that's just so different from the normal kind of cookie-cutter sci-fi story. Um, I just oh, I think they've world. created something great. very, very, very unique, and they've, they've hit on something that just hasn't been done, and I'm, I really, really love it. And I, I think finding out that just that little tidbit of information has given me even more of an appreciation um, and even more of, like, a drive to know more. That's awesome. And that gave me an idea of something for future podcasts. Just I, I, know, I know that we are, as a new podcast, coming late into the, the lore game. Um, I know we've been trying to keep up with the current topics that are probably on the community's mind. Uh, but in a maybe like a return to basics, I've always wanted to do some of the basic episodes. I almost think it would. Be, I was just thinking of you know an episode just based on the traveler, the origins of the traveler, what we know about it. Um, uh, doing maybe episodes on each individual race because um, I think we talk about a lot of these races. Amazing, yeah. But I I just take for granted that I guess you really don't know why each individual race is here because. It's not all the same reason. Yeah. I mean, you know, right. just from what we've learned, you know, I have been able to get a little information. I'm maybe completely wrong, but from my understanding, the Fallen and the Elixir are the same thing, and the reason they mm -hmm. want the Traveler is because they've had the Traveler before. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's like, so I, I do understand that. I also learned today that um, while we've experienced the Cabal before, we've never experienced them on Earth prior to the Red War. I did not know that either. Yeah. Yep, we that didn't even experience the, We didn't even experience the cabal until we stepped into a war with them on Mars. Yes, I mean so let's that get was taking like, out their command one by one. So I mean that was really interesting. Elemis is kind of well. memeing right now. <laughs> if you didn't, yeah. if you don't know that, but he's he's memeing hard right now. <laughs> stepped into a war with the cabal. I'll, I'll send you the intro video. 
There's okay. a that is a there's a quote from Zavala that has been played up so much. And it's all <laughs> started with the cabal. But yeah, 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 no, it's really interesting. You probably don't. It, it's um, you know, there's little things that I think we take for granted. Um, that this story is going to be awesome to finish. Um, and then we are actually going to continue on with a current book after this for about a month's worth. <laughs> it's a long one. Uh, but I think at some point it would be really nice to go back because each individual race yeah. is a story all in itself. Yeah, um, no, I, I would definitely be intrigued in that. In fact, I almost like didn't even say like, oh, we're fighting these people because the traveler's here. Because I was like, that's probably such a stupid comment. No, you know, I took it for granted. Like, you know, um, that's why when I was me- talking to Elemis just about different the races, I was thinking because uh, you you're you're correct. The fallen came here. Um, they are referred to the fallen because, well, their their race has fallen from grace. Um, they actually, yeah. their race is called Elixni. And yes, the whirlwind happened to them, which was basically our collapse when the traveler left them. Um, so they followed it. However, they also, the traveler was running from someone who's been chasing it from the very beginning, who are the hive. That's what um, I would have assumed. For they are the hive. The hive have been chasing. The cabal actually weren't chasing the traveler. They are a cabal in the sense of they are a bunch of races that form one large cabal. That's why scions are different looking than main cabal. Um, and they kind of just ex- are a large empire that are expanding. And heck, the Vex kind of just appeared out of space and time. So there's, oh, yeah, there's a, the Vex there's can just, go through space and time, right? Yeah, the, the Vex are basically have seen a timeline where they don't exist or don't succeed. And their goal in life is just to create a timeline where the Vex hive mind continues and is like successful. There's so much about the Zex. We don't know where the Vex, the Vex originate from. They kind of just appeared one day. So there's a lot, lot to unpack about each race. And I think we take for granted that um and then just the traveler what the traveler is where it came from where it came from like i I don't know do you know that it i mean did you always think of it about earth did you know that we uh didn't first encounter it on earth that we encountered it on lifeless planets that were being terraformed basically as astronauts being sent out on a mission no i didn't know like any of that like the traveler just appeared on a planet and we were like it's just like our race to Mars now. Kind of like, you know, NASA has talked about they want to get to Mars. It was literally like at that point of development, we were like, we have to get out there and see what this thing is. And next thing you know, it's starting to terraform planets and move planet hop. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot in there. And then the we're, speaker, we're you don't even know who the speaker is. We are Isn't definitely the, speaker the one that was tied up at the during the Cabal War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was. I at least remember that much. Yeah, because he, he was kind of sassy. So we're but we're yeah. definitely going to have to sprinkle in some episodes where we dive into some D1 intro basic yeah. stuff. Maybe we even have like a little uh it's like a a little subset. It's a uh, not destiny for dummies, but like entry level lore chat. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a it, it it's going to be the the, the basics. We're going to we might have to return to basics for a couple episodes. Back to basics. And those won't be yeah, back to basics. That won't be those won't be the big exciting books. Uh, but that'll kind of just be more of a, I think one of our conversational episodes. 
I guess you that kind of those is our drunk episode. <laughs> oh, please no. These actually require some. Yeah, that was something we were talking about. You were that's talking a, about how that's we all an idea have we our... threw out. Yeah, to do one. We all have just... our words. They're a nice drinking game where somebody says something that we just. We all have take. to take a shot or a drink See or how whatever. This works. But no, yeah. those those are definitely some deep episodes. I think <laughs> I think those will be more of our our conversational episodes that like we did with um, Guardian Memory. So yeah. I guess that kind of yeah. takes us into kind of our, our, our outro kind of stuff. Or like feedback. Did you like that episode? Would you like us to do more? Because that might be more of what um, episodes related to D1 will be. Are going to be more conversational with cards sprinkled in. Yeah. So let us know. Also let us know if you want us to do the trunk podcast. We think it'd be fun. But if you think it'd be just like, nope, don't want to listen to that. We're still working on that. That'll be a goofy, like... That's just a silly idea we thought would make everyone giggle. That might be an extra show of us just like, heck, we'll we'll figure this out, you know? We might have some (laughs) crazy episodes every once in a while, like taking Mrs. Hyben through her first raid, or... Oh, nobody wants to hear that. Or the three of us... With the three of us playing Crucible, or you know, those will be some Speaking of our just Mrs. like through the first grade. We're definitely gonna have some of those little, little sound effects because that's what I'm saying. I think we we can I maybe have like a, a, a subset. When I'm trying we can to have a little subset of uh, not our average episodes, but a. Uh, 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 I don't know. Those would be our extra little bonus episodes. Not your average. Yeah, we're, we're still. We're still working on it. a lot of podcasts have um, like you know little extra categories or episodes that they they and they produce. So we'll see how it goes. That's just another idea. I think this is where yeah. we take. We've we given hand, you guys things to to reach out to us about. So I'm expecting Twitter messages, and Elmas is expecting emails. So <laughs> come on, guys. Give us something to do. We want to talk to you. And heck, I mean, if you have an idea for, you know, yeah. an episode or a different Very kind true. Of, of If you format, think all of ours sound like bull and you're just like, let me tell you how to do this. Let yeah, know. let us know. Or I would say, if you're listening to this and you care that much, you probably like us covering topics and maybe suggest a topic that you would like. Or I would be curious to see how many people listen. The people who listen to us, are you guys lore nerds who just want to hear about the the latest topics or be in discussions? Or do we have a do we have more audience who are new to the lore? You know, because if that's the case, we almost just need to start from the beginning. We might change up what we're doing and just start from the beginning. Right now, we're flying blind, and even if you just want to say hi. You that. now you just sound desperate. Let's let's. Like, <laughs> I, I need to like, talk. I wear glasses. I am blind. So I mean, <laughs> oh, well, I don't think so they can is, help you there. But I was gonna say so is Hyven, but I guess not. Sure. You're not like uber blind without your contacts. Uh, I'm uh, the only one with unassisted vision in this. Well, let's just say somebody was talking in the distance once. And it was like irrelevant, but I couldn't tell the di- I couldn't figure out like what race, color, nationality they even were. No, let's just say I shouldn't be behind a wheel without my glasses slash contacts in, because I'm 
I'm a little I'm a little blind. Yeah. So so you can't go the distance? I really can't. Yeah, I'm nearsighted. I can't see very I can see really great right in front of me, but you go a little bit out. You know, it was funny. I was uh playing Crucible with shout out to Flamin and Star and I was like, Hey guys, I should put my glasses on Oh, maybe I wasn't playing Crucible. We might have been no, I think we were playing Apex Legends. But regardless, I totally was playing without my glasses, which I can mostly see my monitor. But I sat there and was like, ooh, guys, it's getting serious. I'm putting my glasses on. And Flamin <laughs> was like, wait, what? I was like, well, I don't really need them when I play because I'm so close to my monitor. I can mostly see. And his response was, mostly see? And yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, it was a while ago. I don't remember what it was. I think I was like wearing a new outfit or something. And I was like, does this look good? I was like, yeah, it looks really good. And I was like, wait a second. You don't even have your contacts in. You can't even, like, see me. Why? Don't lie. <laughs> the colors look nice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We that should outro the sucker before we get too far. Amazing. Right. Your two blurs look great. Wait, wait, wait. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. All right. What? Who's got shout outs? Well, this is, yeah, Elmist, why don't you take us home as host so, for the night? So, for shout-outs, as always, Ishtar Collective, um, that's where I, I pull all the the entries for the, the show notes. Uh, I think that's about it. I had some shout-outs that I don't remember. So, all you awesome people out there, shout you out. But an unexpected shout out for Mrs. Hyven because she gave me so much grief and I'm actually on the shout out list first this week. I want to give her a shout out for a happy anniversary because our anniversary is in two days. Oh, look at that. I had to pester him into it, but I got it, you guys. Right. <laughs> oh, no, oh, it's I okay. I do actually remember my shout-out. He remembers his real ones now, you guys. No, that was, was that's my real one. My, my <laughs> other shout-out was shout-out to my co-hosts. We actually met each other in, well, me and my wife have met each other. But we met each other in person <laughs> and had a nice uh, dinner and chillaxed yeah. and hung out with each other. So we that was my, my shout-out. Just a shout-out to, to friends. And did it IRL. Yes. <laughs> And it was awesome. So and it was a I'd like to point out that it was a full podcast party because Callie was also there. <laughs> Our dog was with us. <laughs> yes. so I just want to point out that she is officially a part of this podcast. She gave her <laughs> shout outs earlier. Refer back to those. <laughs> so, yes, that was it. I wanted to shout out Elemist and you there, Mrs. Hyven. Good. So. Yeah. Next time is pizza and movies. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, my shout out is not actually an official shout out. It's a postponed shout out to August the 8th. The 8th? <laughs> I got to confirm. Hold on. So I just oh, want everyone to know last, last week, Hyven gave me grief about not properly shouting out Elemis, to which I said, I'm going to go back and find out when our friend anniversary is. So I just want to let everyone know that I did that. We determined, we, we literally ran a party and discussed what we thought would be the establishment of our friend anniversary. We decided upon 
it was going to be the time Elemis gave me just like the greatest piece of advice. He was still a very new person um, in our in our gaming life, but he gave me just like the greatest he piece of advice. He was just Ivan's ever. friend that he plays yeah, games with at the time. Pretty much. Like at the yeah. time, I was still like struggling to just differentiate like, wait, am I talking to Elemis or am I talking to Flamin? Because like they came along at the same time. And then <laughs> when I found, when I when I got this amazing tidbit of information and advice from him that was it it solidified it i knew who elemis was and he was just like <laughs> the most genius person i had ever spoken with ever and now i can say met um so anyways i just want to let everyone know look forward to it when we podcast out in august august 8th i will be shouting out our friend anniversary then hi <laughs> man i'm in tears now um, if the Black Armory didn't do it for you, those shoutouts will. Well, like I did tear up at. at Dude, you know. I almost started tearing up when I like read some of those intense ones. But again, I got in my feels before this. But I really do just love the love that we have here amongst the three of us, and yeah. just this our our little group. I mean, getting to meet like for real, for reals yesterday just really like solidified such a friendship and. And just, like, this weird little journey that we've been on. And like we said last week, you know, like, it's really cool to us that other people are listening. But we'd, we'd be sitting here doing this anyways with or without our listeners just because it's it's such a great time. I, I genuinely look forward to my Saturday nights and doing this and, oh, and just, like, getting on and chatting. And and it's it's always just a great time. Me too. Like, I, I look forward to saturday nights half the time that's how i get through my week <laughs> dude that's how i got through my friday yesterday i was like we're meeting elements anything that happens day at work doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> and i was so excited right. i well, was yeah <laughs> i was just gonna say this is usually kind of what we just talk to each other about before and after our podcast so at this uh, point whatever <laughs> i think our shout outs um, are to each other Right, and just just to remind all our listeners, we want feedback. If we're doing something great, let us know. If we're doing something horrible and and you have a better idea, let us know. If you have an idea for a topic for an episode, or you know a different format for the episode, like you know we mentioned drunk lore readings, hmm. you know just just let us know. Yeah. We want to hear from you guys. Yeah. No idea is a bad idea. Yeah, and do you guys always learn from different stuff? Did you do you like us more edited or do you like us more off the cuff? <laughs> you know? So cuz lately we've kind of just been I mean well lately Elemis has just been putting all of our mess ups at the end of the episode if you really mm-hmm. want to listen to him. But even we're leaving like, just more uh, conversation and goofiness in too. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that. But uh yeah. Keep up the 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 help, because otherwise we're just gonna keep recording whatever we want, and then you just can choose to listen to it or not. So, exactly, like we said we'll so be here whether anyone's listening or not. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So we no really appreciate that we do have people listening, and that's why we encourage feedback each week, um, because we think it's so awesome that you guys are listening to us, and we really want to make this something that you enjoy listening to. Um, we don't want you to get, you know, 
couple episodes into our podcast and we don't want you to be here at, at episode 12 and just be like, never mind. Like this just isn't getting any better. Like help us make it better. Help us make this a more enjoyable experience for you. Um, we really want you guys to love it as much as we do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, we're going to continue talking to each other and hanging out, but we don't necessarily have to record it and send it out to the world. <laughs> yeah, we can like, do that all by that ourselves. Bad, you can just tell us to stop. <laughs> We'll just not record. We'll just do this together anyway. Right. Although the three Apple uh, podcast reviews we've gotten all tell us to keep going. One literally just says, Favorite. I like it. Keep going. My so. <laughs> Hold me right there. Shout out him. I'm going to figure out who those three. Right. Those are my shout outs for next week. <laughs> Their names. <laughs> yeah. All, all right. right. Well, that, well, that's everything for me. Yep. All right. And with that. Have a good night, everybody. Slash morning. Slash afternoon. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. I'm starting now. This week's the opposite of last week. Last week, I had a Mountain Dew, so I'd be, like, hyped to uh, to host. But this week, I had drinks. I mean, drink. So now I'm sleepy. Although I will say, the restaurant we went to tonight, that drink was weak sauce. Compared to the restaurant we went to yesterday. Last night's drink, that was good. Tonight's drink, like, the flavors were good. But I was like, is there any alcohol in this? You're like, this This isn't a virgin drink, right? Right? Like, I did show you my ID, right? <laughs> I did, however, the waiter. Oh, oh, my God. So, the waiter, apparently, there. he's also one of the managers there. Uh, when the place started, there were two Adams. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how we ended up talking to the waiter so much, but we did. And, and they crashed into each other, and it went nuclear. I'm done. Get it, two Adams. Such a nerd. Oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> She's like, oh, I got it. I got it the first time you said it. I wasn't. No need for explanation. I'm trying to ignore it and move on. Right? Like, this is not where the story is going. <laughs> but he said, so apparently there was, like, some joke about, like, how are they going to differentiate them? And somebody jokingly along the line around some t- I don't know, said something and called him princess. And he was, like, and he's, he's gay. And he was, like, um, I am a queen. Let's get that straight. And he was, like, so now <laughs> they call the other gay guy princess. And I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> Well, oh, that is so. Cool. I, I yeah, told him my story one's yeah. positive and one's ne- negative because one's Stop a neutron, and one's an electron. Oh, God. <laughs> oh God I was God. leading this story into somewhere, so then I told him the story of how I wore my nephew's necklace on my head and tried to explain to him that I am the queen, and then it reminded me that I am the queen of the podcast. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like it's funny how well the smallest things in your everyday life will remind you of some random thing that you say with your friends. Right? Like I don't know. I feel like we had so much conversation yesterday. There were just like little bits today where I was just like, "Oh yeah, that was funny. Oh yeah, that was funny." (laughs) Right? Just kind of like replaying it, and I was like, "Oh, that was a good time." It was fun, and like I, I sent my it brother. Was funny the, uh, I, I got back. I sent my brother the picture. Yeah, and I said, "Miss uh-huh. Hyven and Mrs. Hyven, say hi." And he's like, "Hi, beautiful people." He <laughs> <laughs> was like, "Wait a second, you have friends, right?" Right. He was like, "I got. You're not completely I, lonely." 
<laughs> That's right. I got I got home and I joined a party with like Star and Flamin' for a little while, and Star asked, "Oh, how'd your thing go?" And I was like, "Oh, it was good." And he was doing, and, and Flamin's like, "Wait, you guys met like like real life?" And I was like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> he was like, "How was that?" I was like, "It was good." We acknowledged that we couldn't call each other by our real name still, but we, we, we it was fun. Right. It wasn't like everyone was everyone's like, was it awkward? I was like, no, not not really. I guess we were kind of just guys act like normal selves. <laughs> it's just so funny because it's like all of you gamers, like you real gamers, because I, you know, I'm not. Um, I try. <laughs> um, we're hardcore. Like, you're casual. We know exactly. Yes. but it's funny. There's nothing wrong with like, casual. Yeah, because, like, it's just so funny because it's, like, all of you guys are, like, wait a second. Like, this is happening? Like, it just, it makes it seem like this was, like, the first gamer meetup of, like, ever. Right. Like, everyone's just, like, we don't do this. How did that go? Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, so, anyways, I don't know how this conversation got started. We started off with drug dealers and moved I don't either. Well, okay. it put us all in a nice light mood. So now it's time to. So now let's bring it down. Dig in right, like more of the story. I am the queen of the podcast. Let's get started. Oh yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Continue. I need to stop giggling on the podcast, though. I keep listening back, and I'm like, I sound so ugly. <laughs> that's like the one thing I've learned from this podcast is I'm like, my laugh is so ugly. Why do people still listen to us? Because <laughs> it's amusing. That. That and I've learned Elemis's catchphrase is right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's Elemis's catchphrase. Those are the two things I've learned from listening back to our podcast. I have an ugly laugh, and Elemis has a catchphrase. <laughs> and like I, I don't even realize when I say it. In fact, when we went out yesterday, and you were you said it to something, I was like, real life catchphrase. <laughs> I, I just I. It's so ingrained in me that I don't even realize when I say it. I just love it. I don't it's think just I like a, anybody. Dude, who I totally like, agree. Yeah, exactly. Like, and most people are like, "Oh, yeah, exactly," or "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I thought the same thing. And his, it's just all summed up. Like all of these colloquial phrases are all summed up in right. Like it's all he needs. One word. <laughs> exactly. Just like Cher or Madonna. One word. Bit <laughs> <Very> simple. Uh. <laughs> I love it. Whenever you are ready, Elemist, we will go silent. Let me actually pull up the file then. <laughs> that might help. That could yeah. just freestyle that whole thing from memory. Right. See, now I'm aware that I say it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice you just did. Uh, okay. uh, all right. We're going to turn it into a drinking game. Every time you say right and every time I giggle, the listeners have to take a shot. They're going to be so freaking drunk. We just have to pick like our Ooh. own. Everyone has to have their catch word. Ooh. And do that. There's an idea for an episode. <laughs> we take the shots? Drunk yes. podcasting? Yes. Uh, we'll do that as a little off. Like We have to do it. We have to do yeah. it. No, no, no. I've actually thought about this. So we have Not to do it as a three-part series. No, we have to do it as a three-part series because one person has to stay sober the whole time to keep us on track. So we have to alternate. So like two people get drunk at a time. No, I just say we make it like a bonus episode where we pick like the craziest. Just we we just we choose to tell as much. It's just the topic is last word thorn and 
go and we just start. Okay, that and then works. and then by the end, it's just like yeah, read the res 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 my computer won't stop spinning. How is going to be taking care of us by the end of the night? <laughs> oh, yeah. I swear I don't have a screensaver. Why is there pictures? <laughs> oh my goodness, it's like, I didn't know I had a video camera on Skype. Oh, <laughs> I've been recording myself the whole time. <laughs> I am at... Oh, damn. You messed up your name. Oh no! No, no, no! My my headphones did like a blip. Um, okay, I I wasn't. I thought. Yeah, I thought you'd cut out. I was like, did he cut like, out? Or... Do I talk? Do I talk? <laughs> it's like I am. Damn. And I was like, if I just say hi even now, is that gonna be weird? I am. Ivan. <laughs> oh jeez, oh, she's awake. She's rawr, awake. Rawr, rawr. Rawr, rawr, rawr. I told you guys, she's just as much part of this podcast as us. <laughs> rawr, rawr, rawr. Uh, I don't even think we actually covered who's reading what. Um, no, um, I didn't. Mrs. Hyvin is on it. I have the I have the first system intro. for how I fill this out, actually. So, I Very just nice. <laughs> it's my like one contribution yeah, that's guys. an overview so this is you guys are killing me with your whole conversation over there anyway <laughs> i haven't read any of them but it just keeps popping up our forge is up and running the first of its kind this is monumental monu this is monumentous for us for the black Momentous. armory isn't that what i said what did i say monumentous i did yeah. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. Let's start that over then. It's all good. Moment. When I say momentous, Mon- you said Mon- monumentous. Oh, see, now I can't even say it wrong now. Okay, <laughs> we're starting over from the beginning. <laughs> that can't be our ending. You're weird. You sound Until like until a... you come up with something better. It is going to be. Can you make oh, a better oh, noise? Oh. Goodbye. I know, I sound like I'm, like, entering into something really bad. Um, let's see. Goodbye. No, no, try again. See, right there, you just sounded like a a putty from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Nope. Yeah, oh my goodness. You know what I'm thinking here? Fill me out for this one. Goodbye. In in, in favor of Bungie slash Destiny, I need some Gregorian chanting to end this thing. Isn't that like the deep throat, like? No, it's just a. All right. Well, anyways, we'll work on that. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Please edit this out, Elemis. Please don't. (laughs) Will I? Won't I? You will never know until next week. Till Tuesday. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm killing us. (laughs) Oh, man, that was good.